that's our RC Cola version of <laughs> of the view, except we couldn't afford aspartame, so we just get a diabetic guy to piss in the cup. I like to call it the Remembrance Day Massacre, as we welcome you to this 425th episode of Unscripted. And um, obviously, we'll, I'm really believing in this episode of Unscripted that we're only going to touch two topics. The Remembrance Day Massacre involving Sportsnet Canada and CBC Canada and Mr. Don Cherry and what happened at the conclusion of the Cleveland and Pittsburgh game on Monday night. But I want to start with the Remembrance Day Massacre involving legendary coach, not so much of a player, but legendary coach and broadcaster and a friend of the show and a friend of myself, Mr. Don Cherry, for comments he made during last Saturday's broadcast. Um, Don Cherry has always said publicly, privately, and anybody that will listen to him, has said that he believes the greatest hockey player that in his lifetime was always the great Bobby Orr from Brantford, Ontario. And I was very appreciative that Bobby Orr came out this week and said that it is disgraceful what the networks did to Mr. Cherry. Now, if you've been living under a rock or don't know what's going on, um, Don Cherry last Saturday on his segment of the Coach's Corner, which is between the first and second periods of the first nationally televised game. He comes on and has been doing this for almost the last 40 years, comes on and basically he's got about nine minutes to rant. And it has been one of the, if not the, most influential programs in Canadian television history. Um, The numbers are outstanding. A lot of people in Canada won't admit this, but I believe it to be true, is that people don't watch the hockey game, but they wait until the first intermission, unless, of course, their favorite team is playing. But if it's two teams that they have no affiliation with, they will just wait for the first intermission to watch Ron and Don do their thing. And I've got a comment about McLean, too. But um, Don Cherry said what some people felt were some incendiary comments about people. And he didn't... Now, he obviously pointed out immigrants. um, But in regard to their non-wearing of the red poppies, which are very popular here in Canada and in the United States as a symbolic gesture toward our veterans. We celebrate Remembrance Day in Canada on November 11th as we celebrate Veterans Day in the United States also on November 11th. And Mr. Cherry made some comments that I thought, you know, what happened to Don Cherry's or Chris Flukes or Mike Jansen's or Bart Simpson and Homer Simpson, whatever. What happened to their freedom of speech? I mean, that's that's something that if you take that away, then we're not living in a free society anymore. Don Cherry, after 40 years behind the mic at CBC and Sportsmet Canada, has made that company or those companies unbelievable amounts of money over the last 40 years. I can tell you this, 
CBC programming, regular Monday to Friday, primetime programming sucks. The one show that they could always hang their hat on was the Ron and Don nine minutes between the first and second periods of the Saturday night first nationally televised NHL hockey game. Don Cherry is, you know, he is controversial. Don Cherry has been making heartfelt, truthful statements from inside of him since the first day somebody stuck a microphone in front of his mouth. He told the truth when he was the coach of the Boston Bruins. He told the truth when he was the coach of the Colorado Rockies, who are now the New Jersey Devils. And for the last 40 years, he's been telling the truth as the lead analyst for the CBC and Sportsnet Canada. He made some what he believed to be truthful and accurate comments about the lack of people showing the respect. And I get pumped up about this too because I'm a veteran. But to fire Don Cherry because what he was saying to him was truthful. Why can't we, if if you're pissed off about Don Cherry and his comments, why can't we fire President Donald Trump? Why can't we fire Prime Minister what the hell is his name? Prime Minister Ju- Blackface. Just, yeah, Justin Trudeau. Why can't we fire these loud mouths? They're saying things that are very unpopular these days. And yet they just keep rolling right along. Don Cherry said some things about what he felt was disrespectful to veterans. And because some limp dicks who probably never did a day of military service, whether on the Canadian or the American side, felt that they were inappropriate. I have a huge problem with this, guys. Don Cherry, you know the funny thing about this? People have been up in arms about this all week long. Don Cherry is like 85 years old. Well, he is 85 years old. Someone asked him about maybe because here's the here's my problem real quick before I get Chris in here. Here's my problem real quick about Ron McLean. I think Ron McLean, and I've said this on this program many times, is, a, is an accomplished, excellent broadcaster. But if if Ron McLean didn't have a problem with those comments, and those two have been together for 40 years, if Ron McLean didn't have a problem, or maybe Ron McLean wasn't paying attention, I don't know. But during the nine-minute segment, when he was going off on this little tangent, McLean just sat there and gave the thumbs up. So I'm taking that as Ron McLean agreed with what Don Cherry was saying. Ron McLean came out on Sunday on his hometown here hometown hockey series and apologized for not bringing up the topic with Don Cherry and making him clarify his comments. They asked Cherry then subsequently on Sunday, would you like the opportunity to apologize? And Cherry said, no, I know what I said and I stand by my words. That's why I respect Donald Cherry. I love Don Cherry. He should still be working this Saturday. And if you take the freedom of speech away from a broadcaster, then we've got to sit here and listen to robots the rest of our lives that are afraid to say anything that is the bittest and tiniest controversial at all. That's the beauty of Don Cherry. Love him or loathe him, he was consistent. And to fire him because he made some comments that, you know what? Here's the thing. You know why people are getting all up in arms? Because you know what? Don Cherry was right. Don Cherry was right. There are a lot of people in both sides of the 49th parallel that don't give veterans enough respect. And they live in this country as immigrants, 
They live in these two countries and enjoy the freedoms that military members had a lot to do with. And all Don Cherry was doing was making that point crystal clear that enough people were not wearing poppies and showing that as a sign of disrespect. And yeah, take a shot at the immigrants. If you come to Canada or come to the United States, A, you should be able to speak English coherently. And you should know what the lay of the law or the law of the land, the lay of the land, whatever you want to call it. You should know what it is. If people are wearing a red poppy at the end of October into early November, they should know because if they've had to take their citizenship test, they should know about who the first prime minister was, what year, what does uh, 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 Confederation Day mean in Canada? That means in 1867, that is the year that Canada became a country. Thank you, I know that. Um, But I am just appalled that there are some limp dicks out there that, again, that probably did zero military service that are, are just up in arms because Don Sherry took a shot at immigrants that don't know the law of the land. And I think that's preposterous. And again, I think where does Don Cherry get to sound in in regard to his freedom of speech? They Somebody authorized and are paying him to speak into a microphone how many Saturday nights over the course of a National Hockey League season? And now, because of these comments, he's been fired from a job he's held for over 40 years, and I think that is total Well, I'm not going to say that. I think it's total bullshit is what it is. Well, there's really only one group of people that Don Cherry thinks should wear a poppy, and they're known as everybody. And that's really what he was trying to say. When he said, you people, he's talking about just anyone not wearing a poppy. He's taking shots at white guys. He's taking shots at black guys. Chris just hit it right on the head. I went on for nine minutes. Chris hits it in 30 seconds. Well, 10 seconds. All he was doing was taking a shot at Canadians in general that aren't showing appreciation for what the military members have done. Yeah, and uh, there's no question that uh, he was wronged here because he didn't really say what people are accusing him of at all because in order for the people the I, I don't know these weird left wingers whoever these people are the you know the cowardly suits at sportsnet these type of weird left wing communists or whatever they are in, t- in order for them to be right don cherry would have to be okay with white guys not wearing poppies yeah. and and you'd only be mad at immigrants not wearing poppies and that's of course absurd and that doesn't make any sense but these these suits are just too cowardly and uh, the problem is they don't know their audience though when you're a suit working at Rogers and you're, you know, in the Toronto bubble there, you're thinking that, uh, you know, the whole world is so left-wing and everything's about political correctness and compliance and everything else. But really, the audience in this case was the hockey watcher on Saturday night, you know, the salt of the earth guys, the hardcore families, like the, you know, the hockey playing families and, and uh, you know, just the best people in the world. That's who, that's who the target audience is. So, you're pandering to the wrong people. So the people who want to watch your program and watch Don Cherry in the first place are the ones who are, you know, losing somebody that they like and that they don't have a problem with anything he said because they know sometimes his words don't come out perfectly. Right. Well, let's, sure. let, let's be honest. Like, they don't come out exactly how he means it. He's not trying to say, like, immigrants are bad people or something like that. You know, he's very, very 
you know, respectful to veterans. And that's what he was trying to say. He was trying to say everybody should wear a poppy. Everyone should wear a poppy. Everyone should respect the military. And what he's also saying is if anybody comes here, Mike Jansen included, from another country, they should respect the laws here. And the least you can do is put a loony or toonie in the poppy bin and wear a poppy. Like, that's all he was saying. And to pretend that that was offensive is not. Because anything that you find offensive in that is you adding to it and you making it be what you want because you're desperate to be offended if you're one of these left-wing people. And by the way, with the free speech thing that you brought up, Mike, that only applies to right-wing people because there's that Jessica Allen chick who I'd never heard of before, but she's on The Social, which is Canada's cheap ripoff of The View. Oh, okay. With these girls sitting around, you know, talking The Social instead of The View, a clear ripoff. But I mean, it's such a bad rip, not that the view is any good, but uh, it looks from what little I've seen like such a bad, pathetic rip off. It literally makes Canada look uh, just completely second rate. It would be like, that's the, that's our RC Cola version of, <laughs> of the view, except we couldn't afford aspartame. So we just get a diabetic guy to piss in the cup. And that's our fucking sweetener. Anyway, this stupid bitch, and, uh, you know, and uh, I'm sorry if your mom's listening and wants us to clean it up, whatever, but this Jessica Allen is a cunt, and she's a stupid cunt, and she should be fired if anyone's going to be fired, because she's, she legitimately singled out white boys and hockey families, and uh, apparently uh, one Humboldt Broncos family actually has uh, blacklisted CTV somehow in Humboldt there, and, and uh, they're, uh, like, they're really, really bothered by that, and... You know, Don Cherry didn't even single out a race. People are like pretending that it's racist, but he didn't even single out a race or anything, whereas she did, Mm -hmm. although she singled out white people, which, uh, you know, that's not a minority. So you can say whatever you want about that, I guess. But no, he uh, he wasn't offensive. He wasn't. And if you are offended by Don Cherry, it's because you were desperate to be offended. And that's all there is to it. And you know what? I'm hoping that this is going to be a good thing because it was always really patronizing and ridiculous and insulting how they would milk Don Cherry and how hypocritical CBC and Sportsnet have always been because they'll put him on the air even though they don't like him and they'll grudgingly take his numbers and his advertising revenue and everything and then they'll just treat him like garbage. I mean, I always hated too how cheap, this is such a cheap tactic too. You know, they always say, okay, uh, that's the end of the first uh, first, uh, period. Here comes Coach's Corner. Get ready. And then it goes to commercial and then they come back and then they play the music like it's starting and it, da, 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 and it ends and oh, more commercials, sorry. And they always do that double thing where they get the double commercials in there. I've always hated that since I was a kid. I always hate it. I was like, what the hell is this? Like, you just played the intro. Fucking put the guy on. And then they have a little mini intro after the second set of commercials. And then he comes on and then he's got seven minutes or whatever it is to barely talk about anything. get rushed through everything. The thing is, the world has changed in terms of going to long-form conversations and that's why there are so many podcasts that's why like if i mean yeah you can still watch late night television and jimmy kimmel and jimmy fallon will interview a guy and it's a very surface conversation it's all fluff and it's five minutes or three minutes long but when mike and i talk you and i are talking for three hours at a time we're doing three or four episodes you know you watch a joe rogan podcast it's anywhere from two to five hours long one episode you know uh there's a There is a podcast called Hardcore History with Dan Carlin, and uh, I think his episodes are four or five hours typically. And, uh, you know, that's what is interesting now about society. It's not all this surface fluff. You can get really into what you're into, and it's really interesting. And I'm hoping 
that this leads to Don Cherry, whether it's a podcast, whether it's a YouTube live stream, whatever it is, I think he'll either have a successful podcast or a successful YouTube channel where he won't be censored. He won't have time restrictions. I hope they start it at the same time. I hope. All right, we're going live yeah. at the first, like it's like 540 Mountain Time and we're going live to Don Cherry at the time we normally would because what are they going to do? I guess they're going to have Brian Burke. They've been so desperate well, to no, get Brian I, Burke I in there. I actually got some news on that. Um, Sportsnet came out this morning here on Saturday morning and said that this Saturday's first intermission segment will highlight the 2019 Hockey Hall of Fame inductees ahead of the actual induction ceremony uh, at the Hall of Fame in Toronto on Monday. So they will be saluting the 2019 Hockey Hall of Fame inductees instead of coaches. Oh, yeah, yeah, typical Weasley uh, cowardly. I, I don't think they could actually start uh, Greasy Boy week one. I really don't think that they could do that because, you know, this country is still up in arms about what happened to Mr. Cherry yeah, last so Saturday. Yeah, they, so they do something all sweet and nice and one-off, like, oh, what you what are you going to do, get mad at our Hockey Hall of Famer? Like, I mean, shut the fuck up, you stupid suits. Anyway, it's just cowardly shit as always. What a surprise. And uh, I'll be interested to see what they uh, do going forward, though, with their center mission. It's, of course they're going to go to Brian Burke. Well, you know what They've I think? You know what him. I think is going to happen? Here's what I think is going to happen. I think what's going to happen is McLean stays on with the hockey hometown hockey thing on Sunday. But I think David Amber just is going to get more of a presence on Hockey Night in Canada. And I think they're going to let uh, Amber and Greasy Boy renamed. It can't be Coach's Corner again. Oh, no, they first can't. and foremost, Burke was never a coach. We can make it Asshole Corner again no. or Greasy Boy it, Corner again. It'll be again. to the point, like it'll, it's called now. Well, whatever, but... I think that ultimately, as we move forward, I think ultimately you'll see Amber take on a bigger role on Saturday nights. And I think Amber and Greasy Boy will be in that first segment of the first intermission at 540 Mountain Time on Saturday nights. I, I think that's what's going to happen, at least throughout the rest of this season. It'll be such a pale imitation. Though, like People are really going to rebel against that because, I mean, Brian Burke is just... Well, in fairness, nobody can replace Don Cherry. Correct. And especially Ron and Don together. But uh, that's really not going to go well. And look, this is like a once-in-a-lifetime thing, the Don Cherry segment, Coach's Corner, in terms of ratings. There is nothing to compare this to. A lot of people don't know, but the American television networks in the States broadcasting football and basketball and everything else, they are very well aware of how Coach's Corner has the ratings go up. There is nothing even in the same stratosphere as that situation in broadcasting, I don't think in the world, certainly not in the English-speaking world, that I would know of. But, I mean, I've done it myself many, many times. I almost never watch the first period of the first game right. on Hockey Night in Canada, because it's usually the Leafs, and I don't care, once in a... You know, once every year or two, it might be Oilers at Leafs, and then right. may maybe I'll have watched it. Right. But other than that, I never watched the first period of the first game. The second game often is Oilers, and I'll watch it. But the first game, I never watch it. But I'll see, oh, hey, it's 5.30, 5.40. Oh, hey, Mountain Time. Hey, yeah, let's let's tune in. I'm going to watch. I will sit my ass down and watch Ron and Don for seven minutes, and then I'll turn the TV off, or I'll go watch something else. And there's nothing like that. The, the American Broadcast Network especially, they have tried whatever they can. And I don't care how many Genesis halftime shows you have <laughs> and how many times you have some white rapper I've never heard of and whatever else. 
uh, you know, you have all these former guys in suits, like all the former players, like <laughs> everything's funny and we're in suits and hey, am I right, fellas? And everyone's having fun. And the, I don't know, the weird, the way weird suits think, they think that I guess we watch that and we're like, oh, wow, I wish I could sit around with the fellas like those guys. I'm so lucky to be a part of like. I guess that's how they think we think and we don't we don't give a shit like yeah like Dan Marino's a great quarterback good for the, good for him but I mean I don't want to watch him like joke around with the fellas and they laugh so I I don't know it's just weird uh people want to see someone uh, who's a true original speak their mind and not be filtered and not be boring and not be mainstream and that's what Don Cherry delivers and it is a dying art and society is changing and the thing is Don Cherry has never been a bad person. He's never been a bigot. He's never been any sort of problem like that. He's not politically correct, but that's a good thing if there's no hate involved. The whole political correctness thing is made because some people in the past, like, yes, there have been lots of problems with humanity in history, whether it's Hitler or whoever else. Like, yes, they took it like they were such stupid assholes that they ruined it for everybody. So then you have to go back the other way too far. And now every, it's all about compliance and everyone's trying to just walk on eggshells all the time. But the problem is, as long as you're a good person and you don't want to hurt anybody, and you're not trying to single anyone out. And you're trying to tell everybody to wear a poppy. Or you want everybody to watch hockey. Or you want everyone to participate in hockey. Don Cherry has never singled out any gender or race or anything from playing hockey or being involved or feeling good about themselves. And in fact, I challenge you to find a bigger proponent of female hockey than, than Don, Don Cherry. Cherry. The guy is fantastic. He's always been huge into that. Love the guy. He's awesome. He's a true original. He will never, ever, ever, ever be replaced. And I hope that he has many more years of talking and broadcasting, whether it's on YouTube or a podcast or whatever. I don't think we've seen the last of him. And I expect that we're going to see him better than ever and unfiltered very soon. You know what political incorrectness is? The truth. Often, yeah. That's exactly. what it is. Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. Political correctness and all this left-wing shit, it's about compliance. Correct. And a lot of people are just willing to be subservient. They're more comfortable being subservient and being Correct. told what to do and falling in line. Robots. It's very comfortable. Mm -hmm. And the hypocritical thing there is these left-wingers who are doing that, they look at potential right-wing governments throughout history and how they were totalitarian and left-wing governments too. And in some of them, they will criticize them. But it's like, you're doing the same thing, but in the modern context. And you should never, never, never be about compliance like that. It should all be about, you know, individual rights, property rights, free speech, all this stuff. This is so important. And I guess that's why I'm a conservative nowadays, because it's become, made it might have been different at one point, but it's become now that that is the conservative cause and uh, that's why I'm a conservative nowadays. This young man is going to be in his is going to be 40 years old next month and he's only going to get better just like fine wine. He's just going to just going to get better with age. Do you know who uh, Thurston Howell the 3rd is? I've heard that name but no. When you did that little thing there uh, about, you know, uh, highfalutin people that think that they're, you know, better than they really are, that Thurston Howell the 3rd was the guy on the on uh, Gilligan's Island, the rich guy. Oh, it's, so it's a fake character. Okay, cause, oh, yeah. Because I was like, that's the but most hoity-toity name of all time. But when you did that voice, it reminded me of Thurston Howe the Third. That was oh, really good. Oh, I've never, I know I've never seen Gilligan's Watch, Island. Uh, oh, okay, well. It's, yeah. You know. um, it just reminded me, that voice reminded me of Thurston Howe the Third. Okay, from one situation to a worse situation. Monday night. And you know, it's funny. 
I have been a huge supporter of the city of Cleveland going back to my radio days in the 90s. I've told you many times about my uh, affiliation with Browns fans when they were going through the move, the Art Modell move of the Cleveland Browns to Baltimore. Um, I remember telling you about, at that time, the Honorable Mayor of Cleveland, Mr. Michael White, uh, coming on to my program and uh, calling in just like anybody else. I did have no idea that Michael White was going to call my program, but he called and was very supportive of me and, and my beliefs in the way that I was uh, vehemently against the moving of the Cleveland Browns to Baltimore and becoming obviously the Ravens. Well, I got to tell you folks, um, I have pretty much wiped away all of my feelings after Monday night for Cleveland. And that's a shame to the Cleveland fans and the city of Cleveland itself, but your football team has once again embarrassed us all. And you know, I, I have it here in my notes, and I'll just read the first line. I need these notes as I get older to remember things. But the first notes today in regard to the situation which happened at the end of the Cleveland and Pittsburgh game on Monday night football, the Cleveland Browns, even when they win, they lose. Miles Garrett, you know what happened. You saw the incident. Got into a big fight. Miles um, Garrett has been hit with an indefinite suspension from the National Football League. He will miss the rest of the regular and postseason of this year. And I'm going to tell you right now, there is not going to be any postseason for the Cleveland Browns. Um, and he will have to appeal to the league for reinstatement at some point next year. Now, this is surprising to me, but then you listen to Miles Garrett and you know that he was never a Rhodes Scholar when he was at Texas A&M. He sounds like a flippin' idiot is what he does sound like. My bad. I lost my cool. You think? Let me just say this. If you had seen a guy in any city street on any Canadian or American city at six foot five and almost 300 pounds walking down the street with an NFL helmet as a weapon, and he took that helmet and used it to try to jam it on top of somebody's head like he did on, on Monday night on quarterback Mason, whatever the hell his name is, Mason, the guy from Mason Rudolph, Rudolph. from Oklahoma State. You know, if he had connected, if he had connected, and he did hit him with the helmet, but he didn't obviously didn't get him at full force. If he had gotten full force, can you imagine what potentially we'd be talking about then? Well, he also looked like he hit him, and well, probably wasn't intentional, but he didn't hit him with the top of the helmet or anything. He hit him with like some of the padding from Correct. the inside the helmet. But so I'm just saying, I'm given, I, I'm just thinking, we're all up in arms about what happened here on Monday night. But just think about if he hits the crown of that helmet, the hardest part of the helmet on Rudolph's head. And, you know, obviously Miles Garrett is a huge man, physical power, and you jam that down on this guy's head, we're going to have big problems. And we're going to ultimately, and I still believe that going back to what I was trying to build there in regard to if you've got a guy that's six foot five and almost 300 pounds walking down a street in any city, in, in a Canadian city or U.S. city, walking down the street and uses that and brandishes that thing as a weapon, and he connects full force with somebody, folks, I'm telling you right now, the cops would be involved. 
and there would be assault charges. We wouldn't be worrying about an indefinite suspension from the National Football League. We'd be talking about assault charges filed on this individual. And I don't think, I don't think we've seen the end of this. Now, I do know, I learned this morning that Mason Rudolph, all the Steelers, said that he will not be looking to take legal action against Garrett. But my God, if he had connected, I mean, has there ever ever been a death on a football field? I mean, I I may be over dramatizing this a bit, but I'm telling you again, a six foot five and almost three hundred pound man drives a football helmet. If the crown of that helmet hits the crown of Mason Rudolph's exposed head, we're going to have a problem right on this football field and right on national television. Um. Garrett is going to appeal this suspension. I think the best thing that this moron could do is just shut the hell up and just let the legal system work its way through. I just think the best thing that Miles Garrett could do right now would be to shut the hell up and just go disappear somewhere. I really believe that. I've got more on this, but I, I want to get Chris involved because I've been waiting since Monday to get his his comments on Cherry and now the comments on this football. So I want to hand over the microphone to Chris because something good's going to come out of his mouth right now. Well, this is a bit of a preview of uh, Free Forum Friday where we go through our Twitter account, but I thought I'd uh, get started early here. So the onion at the onion. NFL rescinds Miles Garrett's suspension after review footage clearly shows Mason Rudolph's punchable fucking face. (laughs) And while that's funny, if you look at what actually happened, uh, Mason Rudolph started it. He tried to pull off uh, Miles Garrett's helmet. And so then Miles Garrett pulled off his helmet instead, which uh, if it would have stopped there, it wouldn't have been a big deal, I don't think. Right. I mean, it was because he swung it as a weapon and hit the guy. And, and also hit him in the head with a helmet right after the guy had a brutal concussion a couple of weeks ago from taking a helmet to the face, too. Right. So, uh, but I just thought it was interesting. Mason Rudolph does seem like a little bit of a bitch, if I can oh, say. Yeah. Oh, in, yeah. In fairness. And no I, question. So uh, there's, there's some truth in this Onion headline for sure here. And you know what? I have to say, and this is not a defense of Miles Garrett or anything, but I have to say, I always try to put yourself in a situation. It's very easy for people to judge after the fact what happened in the heat of the moment there. Uh, the way I would have thought if I was in that moment, and, and you know, sometimes something just sets you off. And if someone pull, tried to pull my helmet off and that set me off like that, in my head, I would think, well, okay, well, I, ha- I'm, I, I believe in an eye for an eye plus instigator. So, <laughs> so... I would try to pull off the guy's head and bash him over the head with it. It That is an eye for an eye plus instigator. That's what I've always believed in. And I think it's wonderful and, you know, on paper. Now, again, the fact that it's an NFL helmet and he could have killed the guy, it would be nice if it was, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, uh, a helium balloon or something. But uh, yeah, it, so that's how I would have thought in the heat of the moment. So I totally get it. But it's just something you can't do, you can't have, even his teammates couldn't defend it. And it was really, really unfortunate i do disagree as i told you the other day mike i do disagree with the marquise pouncey suspension at if if really it's this bad if if you're going to suspend a guy for a long time because it's such a bad thing that he hit a guy with his own helmet then wouldn't it be fair to say that you need to take extraordinary measures to go and protect 
yourself and your teammates against someone who is, you know, by the NFL's admission was being a lunatic with a weapon. At that point, you should, uh, you know, it should all fall under self-defense at that right. point. And I have no problem with Marquis, what uh, Marquise Pouncey did. Uh, obviously, Miles Garrett was completely berserk in that moment, and he's apologized since. But I mean, and he knows what he did was wrong. But in the heat of the moment, hey, I mean, that was really intense. So uh, very, very lazy uh, you know, reaction by the NFL to suspend Marquise Pouncey. Maybe at the absolute most, you give him one game as a token thing because he was violent, but I still would disagree with it. But one game would make a lot more sense than three. There was no reason for three. That doesn't make any sense. So, and I didn't even see what Larry Ogunjobi did, but he got one game got as well. One game what, did he, what did he do? I didn't I don't see. know. Yeah. Anyway, but I don't like the Marquise Pouncey suspension. Uh, but yeah, the Miles Garrett thing that really hurts for a long time. What I am sick of is people who can't spell and they, and they go on Twitter and not only can't spell, but then they'll just go for the wrong account. So like, I think there's some, I think he's a weatherman or something named Miles Garrett, M-I-L-E-S. So everyone's tweeting at Miles Garrett and they don't even know how to spell Miles Garrett. And they're tweeting at this weatherman and he's like, yeah, sorry for sorry for uh, hitting Mason Rudolph with a helmet the other day. <laughs> he's just like having fun with it. He's like, yeah, sorry, I shouldn't have done that. And he's just joking around. Or there's... Uh, this always happens on Twitter with there's an account at John Jones spelled correctly like J-O-N the same as the UFC fighter but it's just some random guy and whenever the asshole John Jones in the UFC does something bad he every gets- yeah everyone's tweeting because his actual tw- uh, Twitter handle is I think uh, uh, what is it John uh Bones or Johnny Bo- Johnny Bo- at Johnny Bones I think is his Twitter handle but everyone tweets at John Jones and this guy's like oh there must have been and he's not even a UFC fan so he's always like oh there must have been a UFC fan everyone wants me dead again you know <laughs> must have been a UFC event so uh, but anyway same thing and uh, yeah it, uh, so Miles Garrett was way out of line he shouldn't have done that but hey he uh, he was in the heat of the moment and I totally get how he was thinking an eye for an eye plus instigator um, I, I, I've got a couple other things, uh, to talk about, about the Cleveland Browns situation. Former offensive coordinator, Todd Haley. He was the offensive coordinator last year when they got, when he got fired and that brought in and that opened up a, a position for Freddie Kitchens. Freddie Kitchens comes in as the offensive coordinator. And now obviously has gone on to become the head football coach. Haley says the problem is Freddie Kitchens. And I have to agree with this. Now, you know that I have said on this program that I believe that Freddie Kitchens is dead man walking. Um, But this should cement him being fired, if not before the end of the year, at least at the end of the year as the coach of the Cleveland Browns. He is allowing, in unbelievable way, shape, and form, he is allowing uh, the inmates to run the insane asylum in Cleveland. And that is a reason why Cleveland is underperformed all year long. I also don't believe that the Browns will win another game this year. There's too much division in the locker room when you've even got guys like Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham Jr. saying things like a despicable act or inexcusable as to what their teammate did on Monday and no place in our game for actions like that toward teammate Garrett. I think this is a divided locker room. I think this is a fractured franchise Um, I really believe in my heart of hearts that truck stop Jimmy has got to step in and do something to save the face of this organization. And when you're asking truck stop Jimmy to save face, that's a little scary in and of itself right there. But this franchise has been cursed ever since 
They left Cleveland, not by their own choice. Remember, we got to blame Art Modell for this one. But the second coming of the Cleveland franchise in 1999 or 2000, whenever it was, um, this has been a cursed franchise. And they did nothing to enhance that image from that performance on, fr- uh, excuse me, on Monday night. I truly believe that the Browns will not win another game this year. How can you come back from this? You've got a divided locker room. You've got guys that want to support their teammates, but you also have guys that realize what he did borderline criminal on that football field. And I just truly believe, and going back to Freddie Kitchens, I also believe that Demarius Randall, the former Packer corner who reinvented himself as a safety in Cleveland, I think he should got, should have gotten a suspension as well for his helmet-to-helmet hit on that Steelers wide receiver that was knocked so silly that he had blood coming out of his ears. There was also Juju Smith-Schuster got rocked as well on a hit from Greedy Williams. What's this helmet-to-helmet bullshit in Cleveland? And correct me if I'm wrong, but Greg Williams isn't even the defensive coordinator there. <laughs> yeah. So what the hell is going on in Cleveland? I cannot, I cannot justify saying good things anymore about the Cleveland Browns. They're run by Chuck Stop Jimmy. They're run by a hillbilly that used to be a quarterback at Alabama by Freddie Kitchens. And I got to tell you, folks, right now, my simple last comment about this situation is this. The Browns are simply gutter trash. Well, in addition to any problems with the Cleveland Browns themselves, I've got a problem with Thursday night football in general. And this is just the same story every year. How many guys drop like flies on Thursday night football? And I think part of it isn't just the teams being poorly coached and everything else, which, you know, with Cleveland, they certainly are. But if you're not ready to play, if you haven't had enough time and you're, you're, first of all, your body is already worn out, so it's more likely you'll get hurt anyway. Secondly, if these guys aren't ready to play, they're going to be more reckless. They're going to be more sloppy. They don't have that normal full week to get ready for an NFL game. Look, if you could just have them play twice in four days, why not just... Uh, you know, basketball and NHL, they have uh, 82 game season. Let's just have an 82 game NFL regular season. Let's just play back to backs. Let's just play every couple days. Why not? Because this is okay, right? You can just play every four games. We can play the guys as much as we want. No, you can't. It's the NFL and it's different and it's just way more physical. And I know hockey's very physical, yeah, yeah. but for whatever reason, it's okay. The guys can play 82 games and they're fine. But you can't do that in football. It's just It just doesn't work. The human body can't do that. And so for both reasons, mental and physical, Thursday night football is a complete disaster. It has to be revamped, ideally scrapped, but, you know, Goodell's money grubbing, so they won't get rid of it. But they uh, it should have just stayed as a special thing. You have it on Thanksgiving. Ideally, yeah. everyone on Thanksgiving has a bye week the week before. You have it week one. No one's played in, uh, you know, eight, nine months. It's fine. Uh, you have special considerations, but... Uh, this weekly NFL uh, Thursday night football is bad. It's bad for fantasy football. It's bad for betting. It's bad for the players. It's bad for the teams. It's bad for everyone except the NFL itself lining their pockets with more TV revenue, and it's disgusting, and Thursday night football has to go. We've got a run on this 425th episode of Unscripted. <laughs> you know... Our backstage hired help guy just screwed up. Um, 
between Mr. Cherry and what happened with him and the fiasco that happened on, on Monday night in Cleveland, I think especially the NFL is really going to feel the ramifications of this one for a while. They're going to lose some viewers, um, rightfully so. But for Miles Garrett to say that he's going to appeal this suspension is ludicrous. I think he should just go go on a long vacation and think about what you need to improve yourself. But again, I just really believe that these are things that have happened. And you know, for Chris and I to only have two topics to talk about on an episode of our little program shows you the magnitude of how big these things are. These are these two events are game changers. There's no question about it. Coach's Corner is now a thing of the past in Canada, um, and rightfully so. It'll be interesting to see what happens when they do finally come up with a permanent replacement. And the Cleveland Browns, holy crap. I mean, I just, um, and again, I, I, I stated this when I started this little diatribe. Even when the Cleveland Browns win a game, they still seem to lose. We've got a run on this 425th episode of Unscripted. As always, we thank you for joining us and hope that you continue to do so. Having said all that, for the executive producer of Unscripted, Mr. Chris Fluke, I'm Mike Jansen. Until next time.